Valley Christian Church. Make some noise for Jesus here in this place. It is an honor and a privilege to be up here today. My name is Stephen Francis, and I was mentioned in the video, me and my wife Jasmine have been a part of this community uh, for six plus years, my wife even longer than that. And uh, recently last year, we accepted the opportunity to become uh, pastors in a small town called Brooklyn, New York. Um, definitely would appreciate your prayers. Uh, as we continue to do work there. But uh, one thing I do believe we need to do before we go any further, I would love it because I know he's watching online right now. Can we just give the biggest, rowdiest, just hand clap for the leaders of this house, Pastor Greg and Susie Williamson. Can we just show how much we love them? Dr. Greg, I love you, sir. You too, Pastor Susie. If it wasn't for you guys, me and my wife would not be where we are today in ministry. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I've been here for over six years, but this is the first time I have spoken on this stage as a guest. So it's, uh, it's definitely different. I would love it, though, if you guys could just do something for me. I just want to ask one favor of you. Could you all just stand up on your feet? Today we're going to talk about freedom. Does anybody here like freedom? That's right. There's some parents in here that when you get that night off from your children, you know the goodness of freedom. They have this uh, men's night that's coming up soon. And yes, it's going to be a great time for all the brothers. All the brothers make some noise in here. But let's be real. There are some wives that love us, but they can't wait for a weekend of freedom. <laughs> today I'm going to be talking about a different type of freedom today. And I'm going to be starting in a very unique part of Scripture, Mark chapter 5. They, this is Jesus and the disciples, went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with the impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones." It's a very interesting passage of scripture for a guest to show up and talk about. But before we go any further, let's just take a moment just to pray. Father, I'm so grateful for this incredible opportunity to be here with these wonderful people. I pray, Lord, that the words that they hear not be my words, but your words speaking through me. I pray, Lord, that whatever you have measured out for each and every person, for, Lord, you are a God of intention. You are a God of purpose, which means if these people are in here, you have something for them to receive. And I pray, Lord, that they receive just that here and now. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. High five somebody before you sit down and tell them, take a free seat. You guys have been in this series 
talking about walking away from Jesus. People that have encountered Jesus and walked away differently. And there's been some incredible messages that I've heard so far. And I believe that today we are talking about what I believe to be one of the most underrated, one of the most overlooked parts of encounters somebody had with Jesus. And I believe part of that isn't necessarily because it's not uh, um, an important passage of scripture, but it's just kind of harder for people to talk about. We don't really like to talk about demons. We don't really like to talk about spiritual things. And I know there's some people in here that I was like, wait, I did not show up to hear about this today. I promise it's not about demons. But I do want to talk about what it is when you feel trapped in your life. And I want to be clear, when I say trapped, I don't mean stuck. Many of you guys know what it feels like to be stuck. You've been stuck in traffic. You've been stuck at a job. You know what it feels like to be stuck in a relationship. Is there anybody here willing to admit that you were dating somebody and you knew you needed to end it, end the relationship? But that holiday was coming and you didn't want to be that person. So you hung in there until after the holiday to break up. Just one person in the back. I appreciate you. All right, I got two. <laughs> Maybe you feel stuck in a financial situation. But today I'm not talking about when you feel stuck. Because stuck is often you are in a position and you just need the right opportunity to get out. Trapped is when you are in a situation that every time you try to get out, there seems to be a force that is keeping you where you are. In the case of this man that was dealing with the spiritual opposition, he had a legion of demons on him. The Greek actually says that a legion of demons in this time period was considered a, a, a soldier count of 6,000 men. For this man to have a legion of demons would mean he would have almost 6,000 spiritual forces in his body. Now, I don't think anybody in here has a legion of demons, but maybe in here today there is something going on in you that for whatever reason is keeping you from living the life that you want to live. And that force may not be spiritual. That force could actually just be you. Can we be honest in here that sometimes we could be our own worst enemy? That force can actually even be uh, uh, somebody in your community, somebody around you. I loved this. I said this one time uh, in a previous sermon. I heard this from a pastor, though. He mentioned that God has a plan and purpose for your life, just like everybody else. And oftentimes you might be in a, in a cultural situation, you might be in a family situation where you want to be different, you want to do more, you want to do something that is outside of the box of what people's expectations are for you, and they will speak against that. And I don't always understand why this thing happens either. Perhaps it's a generational curse or a habit. Perhaps it's a trauma from your past. Perhaps it's a mistake that you've made that's been following you for years. But what I think is so interesting about this is that we see in Mark chapter 5, I want to read verses 3 to 5 again. It says this, this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. 
whatever is going on inside of this person is stronger than any external force that is there to try to help them. And I know that there's some people in here where you tried with all of your willpower to overcome what's going on inside. You've talked to people, you've done the counseling even, and you still are trapped exactly in the place you've been trying to escape. What do you do when you're trapped? What do you do when it feels like no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get out? See, I'm going to go into what I believe the answer is, but I actually want to take a few moments because I don't really have all of the time to diagnose everything about what gets us trapped and how long has it been trapped. But I do want to talk about the common traps that we have. Even when I think about this man with the legion of demons, I have so many questions. Like, how does that happen to somebody? Do they all show up? Did they all jump you at once? Was it one at a time? Was it something that somebody exposed you to? Was it something that you ventured into? I don't always know that. But I do know for us, I think we have three areas in our life where we experience being trapped and I believe that if we understand where this is or what it looks like, we can better help ourselves overcome it. I believe that the first thing is that we've been trapped by toxic thoughts. See, this is where we have actions that are fueled by a thought that is harmful to the way we see ourselves and others. One of the last sermons I ever preached here was when we were talking about how it, when you transform your thinking, you transform your life. And in that, I talked about my own story. How growing up, I constantly heard a message from other people around me, Stephen, you're a loser. Stephen, you're a loser because at the time I was overweight. Stephen, you're a loser because at the time I had really crooked teeth and I needed to get braces. Stephen, you're a loser because I was growing up in an immigrant household and my parents never bought me cool clothes. They only bought me affordable clothes. And I remember showing up to school one day so proud with my Adidas sneakers on that my parents bought me. And, my, and some of the classmates came over and they was like, hey, man, uh, why do your Adidas have four stripes on them? And I was like, oh, these are the Adidas you get from Payless. You didn't know? And I was made fun of for that. And I thought that if I just changed my situation, that if I got braces, that if I started playing sports and became popular, that if I became the funny person in class, that if I did these external things that would help me be popular and cool, perhaps that would make the voice stop in my head that said, Stephen, you're a loser. And I did all of those things. I accomplished all of those things. I went from being the kid that was picked on to one of the most popular kids in my high school. I was in a small high school, but that's not the point. I became one of the most popular kids in my high school and I achieved all of the things that externally would make you say Stephen is a really cool person but it did not change the voice that was still in my head and as I grew up in more ways than I have the time to talk about Anytime I failed at a task, anytime my marriage wasn't going well, anytime my parenting wasn't the best, when I don't know, uh, when I don't like what I see in the mirror, even when I don't feel like I preached a good sermon, a voice tries to show up and say, Stephen, it's because you're a loser. I don't know what the voice in your head is saying today, 
But could it be possible that you're dealing with a toxic thought that has been messing up your life? That you are doing things on the outward in order to prove to people that you're not what you have told yourself on the inside. You know the hardest thing about this is that the strongest voice in your life is always your own. It doesn't matter how many people say you're beautiful if you say you're ugly. It doesn't matter how many people say you're smart if you think you're dumb. It doesn't matter how many people think that you're a fun person, that you're cool to be around if you, in your heart, feel that you're not worthy. And I think this not only affects the way that we see ourselves, but many of us are even treating other people because of the toxic thoughts that are in our head. A lot of us think, you know what my problem is? This specific political party. You know what my problem is? These people that have these specific set of beliefs. You know what my problem is? Those individuals that have lifestyles outside of what I believe to be appropriate. And we can have debates all day about who's right and who's wrong, but many of us have decided to make these people the source of which all of our internal pain is. And we go on social media, and we go on, uh, and we talk to other people, tearing people down, forgetting that they were made in the image of God as well. But I believe that that's not only the area where we feel trapped at times. I believe we can also feel trapped by a stronghold. A stronghold is a very biblical word. Uh, it's something that many times you might hear in church. You don't really hear it outside of culture. But I like to view a stronghold as a type of addiction. Trapped by something that you constantly are doing something that you know is not good for you it is that thing in your life where you say okay I'm going to do this just one more time this is the last time I'm never doing it again and you end up going back to it shortly after a stronghold in your life for many people could be as difficult as a substance abuse issue as an alcohol abuse issue it could be pornography it could be emotional eating. It could be shopping habits. It could be a social status. It could be a dating relationship or a friendship. Someone who you know is not good for you. Someone who you know is not helping you be your best self. But for whatever reason, you can't leave this person alone. Sometimes it's the state of even being in a relationship. Being single is too scary for you. So you end up going from person to person to person in order to feel comfort in your life. Many of us know what it feels like to be trapped by a stronghold. To think that eventually we'll be able to walk away, but it continues to pull us in. But then there's a third way that I believe that we can feel trapped. One that I think is the hardest of all of them. And that's being trapped by submission. See, trapped in submission is the most dangerous trap. It's basically the double trap. It's when you're dealing with something that you're trying to overcome and the force won't let you leave wherever it's coming from, wherever it originated from. It is keeping you where you're at. And eventually you reach a point where it says, you know what? 
It is what it is. This is just who I am. This is just what I do. And you grow to become comfortable in this place that is hurting you. This place of hell is now your home. I was talking with a pastor one time, a pastor, who mentioned to me, Stephen, I love the Lord. I want to serve him all the days of my life. I want to continue to do what I believe I've been called to do. But I cannot imagine a day without porn. I know I'm not supposed to like it. I've heard all of the arguments on why you shouldn't watch it. But this is now a part of my life, and I can't imagine myself letting it go. For some of us in here, we've gone to a place where the dysfunction in our lives, the anger, the giving up, the not trying, the, the marriage that isn't thriving, to just be a sense of, you know what? I've grown to be comfortable here. I actually like where I am. I don't see why I should change. I imagine this is the state of the man. He's done everything that he could possibly do to be able to find freedom. They chained him up. They locked him. But he ends up breaking the chains and hurting himself again. He's probably been battling with this for so long that he's given up. And I imagine that he's just kind of sitting here on the shore. Looking at his bloody wrists, bloody legs. Because he cut himself again, hurting himself. No peace in his mind. No peace in his heart. Filled with chaos. Every day. Every night. Can't seem to escape this hell that he is in. But there's one day. As he looks up. There's a boat coming. And on this boat. Is a man. A man unlike he's ever met. A man who was on the other side of the water, who has done healings, who's performed miracles, who's done profound teachings. And this man is coming just for him to be free. Can I encourage you, Liberty family, that the spirit of the Lord has shown up here today to free you from whatever you feel trapped in today. That wherever you feel that this place of dysfunction in your relationships, in your own mind, in any area of your life, that there is freedom today because the spirit of the Lord is here. I also realized I just called you Liberty Family. 
Valley family. See how comfortable I am with you guys? I want to encourage you that the presence of Jesus brings the power for freedom. The presence of Jesus brings the power for freedom. See, in Mark chapter 4, early on, we see that Jesus is performing miracles and he's doing these teachings and it's this powerful moment of ministry. And then Jesus stops everything that he's doing and he tells his disciples, let us go to the other side. They'd never ministered to the other side of this lake. They'd never uh, experienced the culture that's on the other side of this lake. But for whatever reason, Jesus says, let us go to the other side of this lake. So the disciples come together and they get in this boat and they go to the other side and it's a night's journey. And as they were going on this journey, there's this storm that breaks out over the water, one unlike they've ever seen. And literally, they feel like they're going to die. They have to wake Jesus up. And Jesus calms the storm with his words. And it's such a powerful moment for the disciples that they literally say, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? And then we see Jesus show up to the shore. And there's this man sitting there. And the man runs over. And the demons are terrified of Jesus. They literally say, have you come here to torture us before the moment's time? And Jesus tells the spirits to get out. When I was originally writing this message for you today, Valley family, I was thinking I was going to write down that the presence, that Jesus is a freedom fighter. But that is not accurate to the text. Jesus doesn't fight. When Jesus shows up, there is victory. There is victory in your marriage. There is victory where you feel addiction. There is victory in any area of your life where you feel bound. There is victory in Jesus. This is your opportunity to clap and celebrate the power of Jesus that is working here in this place. That is able to bring freedom. And we see this in the life of those that believe in him. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. John 8 verse 36. It says this. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus brings freedom into your situations. We do not serve a God that has ever been on the ropes. In fact, he showed up and he literally suffered death and three days later rose again. He can completely defeat death. So whatever it is that you are dealing with in your life that is bringing death to you, he can bring resurrection life to. Amen. But here's the truth. Most of us in here, if we're honest, can probably say, Pastor Stephen, I hear you. That sounds wonderful, but I've done that. I've shown up to church every single Sunday. I've joined the community groups. I've gone to the picnics and I've been to the men's weekends. I've done all the things that I was asked to do and I'm still struggling in this situation. Can I let you know that I am here with you? That I know exactly what it feels like. That I know what it feels like to be in church, literally serving every Sunday. To be in seminary, studying the Bible, while also feeling like I am ready to walk away from my faith completely. This doesn't work. This isn't helping me. 
I'm stuck in this place of insecurity, of addiction, of doubt, of fear. If God is so powerful, why haven't I experienced this freedom in my own life? And I talked to somebody about this, and he told this to me, and it changed my life, and I hope it changes yours. God's freedom is a breakthrough and a process. God's freedom in your life is first a breakthrough and then a process. Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I think the best way that we can see this is in another text of scripture. It is the story in Exodus. In Exodus, we see that the people of Israel at the time, the, they, they weren't even known as the people of Israel yet, but they were in captivity in Egypt, and God sends Moses to deliver them. And There's a bunch of plagues, and then eventually the Pharaoh of Egypt lets the people of Israel go from being slaves. That was the breakthrough. That was the moment that they were able to no longer be in captivity. However, the Lord then said, you guys need to get up and leave, and I'm going to bring you to a new place. And as they were going through this journey of going to this new place, there was mindsets that needed to be broken. There were habits and things that they inherited from the times past that they needed to break, and they needed to even have battles into this new territory that they now possess. It was a process. Lib Valley family, I'm going to get this down. Valley family, many of us want to be free, but we don't want to leave Egypt. Many of us want that moment of breakthrough. Yes, I, some, the, I, it was told to me like this, and it, it, and it never left me. Many of us feel stuck in this cage, and Jesus opens the cage, and we're so grateful that the cage is open, but we don't walk out the cage. We want to be free while at the same time keeping everything as normal as it used to be. And in the time that I have left, I want to tell you about my own story. I was somebody that struggled with pornography. I was somebody, like I mentioned earlier, that constantly had this voice in my head, Stephen, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser, because all, all of these things, and even though I changed all of those things, even though I ever overcome all of those external things, the voice still never went away. I was somebody that was battling with doubt and with fear on whether this Jesus thing was even real at all. And the Egypt that I remained in, the Egypt that I continued to not want to escape from, was the concept of looking good in front of everybody else. I didn't want people to know that I was hurting. I didn't want people to know that I was struggling. I didn't want people to think that I had any doubts. So I would show up to every class. I would show up to every Sunday service. I would show up to every Bible study smiling, doing all the 
God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Struggling with all of this toxicness in my own heart, in my own body. And I experienced the moment of breakthrough, yes, but I continued to fall back into the trap. And it wasn't until I stepped into a room one day and I said, I'm struggling with this. I don't know if I believe this Christianity thing anymore. I don't know if I can keep going on this particular way. That first I found that there were people that were just like me. That when I was able to confess where I was, that they were able to bring healing into my situation. They were able to pray over me. They were able to encourage me. They were able to get me help and counseling. And I am not perfect by any means. But when I look over my life, I can see the road to freedom that I have been on. And I come to you today addiction-free. I come to you today with a heart full of faith in Jesus. I come to you today as someone who has experienced the freedom of Jesus and how it has changed my life. But here's the thing about this change. I'm going to have the band come on up and play me off. My time's almost out is that this change not only does something for me, but it impacts the people around. Mark 5, starting at verse 14, says this. Let me mention this before. There was a, there was a bunch of pigs that were in the area when Jesus was ministering to this man, and the Spirit says, please don't hurt us. We don't, we, we don't want to leave. So Jesus casts these demons into the herd of pigs and the pigs go and they run off the cliff and die in the water, which is a travesty. So much bacon just gone. Just <laughs> and we pick this up in verse 14. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and talked about the pigs as well. And the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. This is an important statement in culture. We live in a world where people don't understand God. They don't fully understand this Jesus that we serve. And sometimes when you just try to bring up facts, sometimes when you just try to bring up these, these things that we believe to be true, but you bring them up in random conversation, it just seems strange and it seems off-putting. And we see this in verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he have, has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, this was the ten cities in the region, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. They may not understand this Jesus that we serve, 
that they can't deny our story. They can't deny the freedom that we've experienced in him. I've seen more people come to faith, not because I told them all of these facts about the Bible, all of these opinions about scripture, but I was able to tell them the story that I told you. That I was someone that was struggling. That I was someone who was battling with things that I never thought that I'd be able to find freedom from. But because I encountered Jesus, because I walked a journey with the people that call his name as Lord, I am in a free place. I am in a better place. And it was all because of him. So the story finishes, Mark chapter 6. Jesus again decides to cross the ocean, cross the lake. When they are crossed over, they landed at the Gennesaret, again, part of the ten cities, and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched, and all who touched it were healed. Valley family. Like how one man caused for an entire Decapolis, an entire 10 city region to want to come to Jesus. I am believing and declaring today that because of the freedom that's going to happen in your life today, that there will be generations that are free, that there will be communities that are free. That the seed that is sown in you today, this breakthrough moment of freedom in your life will cause for there to be a prolific growth of Jesus in every area that you care and love. Stand up on your feet. My Valley Liberty family. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. In this moment, there's nobody looking. This is nobody's business. I want to pray for any person in here that has an area of their life where you felt trapped, where you felt like you can't get free from, where you feel like no matter how hard you try, you just end up back where you started. And if you want that freedom in your life, I just want you to raise your hand right here and now. You don't got to look up. You don't got to do anything else. Raise your hand. Father, you see each and every hand in here, and you know behind every hand is a story. Every hand is a person that has shed tears. Every hand is a person that has had doubts. Every hand has had a, every hand represents a person that has tried to 
do everything they can, and now they're at the brink of giving up. But today is the day that you have shown up. And Father God, you are going to bring freedom. So I am declaring freedom in the name of Jesus over each and every person here in this place. That they will find freedom in the relationship. That they will find freedom in the mental area that has kept them blocked. That they will find freedom from the generational habit. That they will find freedom from the addiction. That they will find freedom in whatever area that they need it the most. And that today will be the day that they not only experience freedom, but that they experience the power of the living God bringing them on a process that they will be able to tell whoever is near the goodness of God in their life. And we are believing for salvation to occur because of it here and now in Jesus' name. And I don't want to miss out on the opportunity here because there's somebody here who you're not only experiencing a lack of freedom, but you don't even know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And if you are someone that has said yes, that wants to say yes to Jesus today, that wants to recommit your life to Jesus today, I just want you to say these words after me. If you still have your hand up, you can put your hands down. But if you are someone in here that wants to say yes to Jesus or recommit to Jesus today, believing that he will bring the freedom that you so desperately need, I just want you to say these words. Dear Jesus, please come into my life. I want your freedom. I've been trapped for too long. Thank you that you conquered the grave. And I believe you can save me here today. Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Valley family, I love you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm going to have the band come back up. We're going to have some worship. Let's worship the Lord well.